welcome to another edition of Making Money, the show that tries to give you a little bit of financial acumen. If you're a new investor or maybe a seasoned investor, we try to shed some light on areas of the market that you might not have given too much thought to. We're going to talk about something right now, Ron, that is sort of a basic strategy of investing. It's almost like one of the concrete pillars. That's dollar cost averaging, right? Dollar cost averaging is... uh, a technical name, but it's really the practice of investing a fixed dollar amount on a regular basis, uh, pretty much irregardless of the share price. And it's a good way to develop a disciplined investing habit, uh, be more efficient in how you invest, and potentially lower your stress level as well as your cost. So dollar cost averaging has been a mainstay for many investors for decades, and we just want to shed a little light on it because it's a very good strategy, especially in particular circumstances. Well, in your, in your four decades as a financial advisor and a, and a portfolio manager, you must have seen this strategy employed a lot, right? Saw this strategy employed a lot. And, and, you know, dollar cost averaging could be as simple as if you've got a high dividend paying stock, is put yourself on dividend reinvestment plan. And if it's a sturdy company, you know, like uh, – one of the Enbridge. banks. Here. Yeah, one yeah, of the, one banks, of the yeah. banks, one of the insurance companies where they pay a high dividend. You put your money in this and buy more shares on a quarterly basis as the dividend is paid. And it's over a decade or two, it's just magical how many times in value uh, it's grown for you. So there's many, many advantages to this. And the first of which is just dollar cost averaging can help take the motion out of vesting. It compels you to continue investing the same are roughly the same amount of money regardless of the market's fluctuation. And typically what this means is that when markets go down, you're scared and you don't want to buy. And when markets are high, you want to buy. And so it takes and brings some discipline into the market and it helps you avoid the temptation to try and time the market, which for most people doesn't work. So depending, as you say, on the share price, this, this strategy can sometimes is a little more pinched to it. Other times it's a soft landing, right? Yeah, if you're buying, a, for example, if you're investing $1,000 a month and uh, shares are $10 a share, well, $1,000 divided shares. by 10, yeah, you get 100 shares. Now, if the shares drop to $50, you get to buy a lot more shares. You get to buy 200 shares. And if the share price goes up to $200, you get to buy a lot less shares. So you're buying less units when it's high. And this can result in paying a lower average price per unit over time. And by waiting in slowly, as opposing to an all-at-once purchase, uh, you can also limit your losses because if the, the price, if the price drops, it gives you a chance to average your cost out when the market's in a low position. So really, the essence of this, Ron, this sounds like something that you want to do over a long-term investment strategy, correct? It's best applied, especially if you're buying ETFs or you're buying mutual funds or you're putting money in insurance, uh, where you're putting money away every month over a very long time horizon, um, because then you can really smooth out the price, and it takes out the dips and and the, the peaks and the valleys, and so you get a good average price. So... For the average investor, it's a good way to go because you simply don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about it. Um, You just automatically invest every month, and uh, over time, the magic works for itself. Okay, so there must be some downsides to this. Let's let's dip into those. 
Well, first of all, if you're only putting in a little bit at a time and you have a lot of money, some of your money is going to sit on the sidelines earning uh, little bits of interest while it's waiting to be invested. It's not so bad today because interest rates have gone up a lot, but during periods where rates are low, uh, your money really sits on the sidelines and isn't doing much for you. Now, if markets are rising quickly during this period, you could have missed out on significant profits because if you bought all at once and the market or the, the market or a particular stock goes straight up, well, if your dollar cost averaging, you're just keep continuing to buy at a higher and higher price. So sometimes, especially when markets spike and things go straight up and uh, they don't come back down for years, dollar cost averaging can actually give you lower returns. Dollar cost averaging only works with quality investments. So if you've got a dog that's going to decline and go to zero, no matter how many times you average down on it, you're just throwing good money after bad. So there's some things that uh, dollar cost averaging doesn't have advantages. And so, yeah, you have to understand that it's there's no perfect strategy out there. But for the average investor over a long period of time, it works out pretty well. And you have to consider brokerage fees in here, too, I would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, the it, the smaller the purchases you make, and of course, uh, with discount brokerages, the 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 fees are smaller. But still, if you're if you're making one transaction and paying one fee versus twenty small transactions, you know your higher brokerage fees and trading fees are are going to add up. Sure. Okay, let's talk about an example here. Let's 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 put one out here so people can kind of follow the math and get an understanding of what we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, so let's say you plan to invest two thousand dollars per month for five months. And you want to buy a particular stock. So you want to build a position in the stock. And, you know, it looks like there's going to be a recession. It's starting to come down in price. You don't know where it's going to bottom. So you say, well, I'm going to put $2,000 in it uh, per month for the next five months. So let's say in month one, the share price is $50. Well, or in, in month one. So you paid uh, $50 a share and you've got literally 40 shares. In month two let's say it dropped 20%. So the shares go from $50 to $40. Well, now when you put your 2000 in, you're getting 50 shares. Well, let's say you, we go through a really bad recession and in month three, uh, those shares drop from 50 to $20. Well, your $2,000 that month is going to buy you a hundred shares. Month four, the shares go back to $40 and you buy 50 of them. And then in month five, the shares are back to what you paid for them. Uh, at $50, you get to buy another 40 shares. Well, in this case, you've invested $10,000. But because you were able to buy when the shares were cheaper, your average cost price is $35.71, and you now own 280 shares. So the original 10000 you put in, even though you had five pretty miserable months, in this example, the total is 14000 at the end of those five months, and you're in a nice profit position, which considering, you know, the fund at one point was down 60% or the stock at one point was down 60%, uh, this should be considered a very satisfactory outcome for a period of really, really rough markets. So especially if you're going into a bear market or something you want to own, you know, maybe spread your purchase out over three or four purchases over a period of six months to a year. And... So you can average it out because generally, no matter where you buy it, unless you're really lucky, you're probably not going to hit the bottom. 
Okay, so how? what's the best strategy to do this? You have to decide what you want to invest in, don't you? That is a good place to start. Then you have to decide how much money you want to invest over time. And so if you have a one-time windfall, uh, you know, you might want to say, well, I'm going to put X amount in and I'm going to be doing it over the next 10 years. And then you want to decide how often you want to invest. And most people uh, will invest weekly, monthly, quarterly, or, you know, some people, they dollar cost average, they just wait till markets have, have a 10 or 15% pullback and they use that kind of strategy. So you've got to figure out how often you want to do the investing. And then you decide how many periods you want to split the investment over. So, you know, if you've got enough money to go for 10 years and you're doing it monthly, well, and you've got a million dollars, well, you do the math and it'll tell you how much money that you need to put in every month. And once you've decided the dollar amount you've invested at each interval, then it's just simply a matter of stick with it through thick and thin. And, you know, over time, this has historically gotten you some pretty good results without having to become a market timer, which, like I say, most people aren't. The number of people that are good at market timing is in the very, very low single percent digit. So often one or two percent of people are good at market timing. The rest just simply aren't. And you have to stick with this strategy. It's like once you get into it, you should hang on, right? You should hang on. And especially uh, if you're buying funds or ETFs, uh, or you're making pension contributions, or you have monthly insurance contributions, or dividend reinvestment plans. Uh, you just you want to use them to put the money in and then kind of forget about it. And for most people, the easiest way to do this is to set up what's called a PAC plan or pre-authorized checking plan, where so much money every month comes right off the top of your paycheck or your savings account and uh, goes into a particular investment or investments. You know, I, I think uh, back to when I was working and the company for whom I worked, or for which I worked, uh, had a, a share purchase plan. And it was, you know, a percentage of your salary. And it came out every month. I suppose, really, when I look back on it now, that was dollar-cost averaging, wasn't it? Absolutely, it was. Yeah. I'm sure glad I did it when I did and not now. I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, radio's a tougher gig than it was 20 years ago. Holy smokes, is that an understatement? Okay, all right. There's a little advice from the financial coach, Rod Hebert. Again, if you have a question or a suggestion, something that we you know, should maybe think about covering, send it to us at letsmakemoney.ca. We'll ponder it. Decide if it's a show quality. Ron will do some research. We'll put it together and pass it on to you somewhere down the road. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll join you again next week with Making Money. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.